Hi, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Mary Keister, and I am here to share with you this morning a little bit about emotional intelligence. And I wanted to give you a little bit of my backstory so you understand. Um, I have, for most of my adult life, have worked with children. I have been a preschool teacher, a kindergarten teacher, and I've also worked a couple years in social work. So I've done a lot of research, and I've really put a lot of these skills in my life on how to teach emotional intelligence to children and what emotional intelligence looks like in adults. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what emotional intelligence is and their five components and then we're going to go on an interesting journey and talk about emotional intelligence and how they're represented in children's movies because children's movies these days are really stepping it up when it comes to quality entertainment for kids. I learned things from them. It's really impressive. So first, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence and what it is. Emotional intelligence is the ability to understand other people and what motivates them and how to work cooperatively. It is something that can help to be a factor in happiness in your life and work success and those types of things. Emotional intelligence is really important. And they say there are five main categories for emotional intelligence. The first one is self-awareness. And that's the ability to recognize emotions in yourself as they're coming up and evaluate these emotions as they happen. And this can lead to better emotional awareness and it can also lead to better self-confidence. Because if you know what those emotions are inside, you're more able to deal with them, which leads to the second category, which is self-regulation. And this is the ability to notice those emotions and also control them. It's um, whether it's having the tools that you've taught yourself to handle, like going on a walk or meditating or different things to handle the negative emotions so that they don't become overwhelming and can damage your relationships. Um, this can lead to a stronger sense of self-control and it can also lead to, believe it or not, trustworthiness. Because if people know you and know what to expect from you, and you're not someone who flies off the handle, they can trust you. If you're someone who says they're going to do something and does it, that leads to trustworthiness. And that comes stems from self-regulation. The third component is motivation. Now that one's pretty self-explanatory and it can lead to really important things in your life like achievements and commitments and initiative and even optimism. If you are motivated to work for something and know how to keep that motivation, that internal motivation, that's really important key to success in life. The fourth one I'm going to talk about is empathy. And I think this one is really, really important. And empathy is the ability to recognize emotions in other people. Um, this leads to many uh, good facets in life. It can, um, if you're in the service industry, it can lead to being able to anticipate needs of whether it's the needs of students or the needs of clients, just to kind of know where they are and what they're feeling and what they're going to need next. And that's important. It can also, it's an important factor for being a good leader because it can allow you to sense 
what someone's skills are, what they're good at, and help them develop those skills and go along that path. So it's an important skill to have for leadership. And also to build diversity, because if you're a person who is able to have a strong sense of empathy, you'll be able to see that your experience doesn't match their experience, and to be able to build on that together. So that's important. And then another aspect that they talk about when you're studying emotional intelligence, it's called political awareness. And that's not like Republican, Democrat political awareness. This is really important. It's more of that ability to be able to read a room, to walk into a room and feel where the tension is, where the power structures are, and how things generally work. Just that ability to not have much verbal communication, but just sense it. And that comes from empathy. And let me tell you, that is something I greatly miss in the Zoom world we live in, is that ability to walk into a room and just kind of feel out what's going on. And then another, the last thing about empathy is um, understanding others' motivations. So, like in the classroom, if there was a child who kept acting out, I could use my empathy and think, maybe this child is struggling with something that is unseen to me, and work through to figure out what that problem is. Um, the last category in official um, emotional intelligence is social skills. And those are important because they're your ability to communicate, to influence, and just be able to be with others and um, cooperate and you're playing nice with others. It's an important skill to get to get on in life. Now, me, myself, and what I do is I add one more. It's not on their list, but I add it because I think it's important. And it is um, grit. And grit is kind of one of those new terms that people are throwing around in like this this world. And grit is um, kind of a amalgamation of perseverance and motivation. Grit is that thing where two people can have the exact same stories with the exact same hardships and one person can rise above and one person kind of gets broken. And what that difference is, is grit. That's what I'm talking about when I say that. That ability to get knocked down and get back up. That tenacity. That is really important and they're finding that as a major key to success later in life. That ability to get knocked down and keep going. And um, so there's been a lot of studies now trying to figure out where that comes from and how we can develop that in kids today. So that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about when we talk about some movies and how these notions are being modeled for our kids in these movies and how important I think that is. So the first movie I'm just going to talk super briefly about is this movie. Oh, you can't, it's backwards, but it would, if it wasn't backwards, it would say Inside Out. Um, this movie is really interesting idea because it all takes place in the brain of a 12-year-old girl who is moving from Minnesota to San Francisco. And of course, that is really hard to do for anyone, let alone a 12-year-old girl. And in her, most of it happens in her brain. And her brain is controlled by five emotions. Joy, anger, sadness, fear, and disgust. And it's really interesting to see how these different factors of her brain move the story along and what these 
all these different emotions bring out in her. Now, what I think is really important about this is that talking with my own kids, who they saw this probably when they were seven or eight, they're nine now, the twins, that is. And um, Penny was like, you know what? I think joy is mostly in control of my brain, but then probably anger. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, because she does have quite the temper. And then Ben goes, you know, my joy is probably mostly in charge too, but then fear. And I was like, you know, that's probably right too, because he does have a lot of anxiety. And I think that them being able to see that in their own brain and be that, be brought to that level of self-awareness is really, really cool and really important. So that's my brief talking to Inside Out. It's a great movie. You should watch it. Now. Okay. But the main movie I want to talk to you about is Frozen 2. Now I know you're like, what? It's a sequel. It's a princess movie. What could I learn about emotional intelligence from a sequel princess movie? Well, in this case, I'm here to tell you the sequel is better. And these princesses are pretty amazing. I was watching old Disney movies this week to try and refresh myself. And on every one of them, like, you know, Cinderella faints onto the bench and Belle faints onto the bed. All of them are fainting onto everything. These girls don't faint. <laughs> so there's a lot you can learn from them. Um, so I'm going to kind of take you through the three main characters and talk about what I think the category of emotional intelligence that they best represent. So first I'm going to talk about Kristoff. Kristoff um, is, you know, trying to get married to Anna there. That's the whole love story. But he's the most modern feminist prince of, of all. Like, and I think he speaks to self-regulation because Anna's always getting into all kind of trouble and doing things and he is steady and there and he's amazing but what I'm gonna tell you when I heard it in the movie it was so shocking <laughs> um there's a part of the movie cause, you know, it's an epic grand adventure like it's just an adventure movie and all adventure movies have that point where there's mass scene and danger and chaos and battle and whatnot. And Elsa, like Anna looks like she is running straight into danger. And all three of the members, all three of them have gotten separated. And he finally finds her. And he goes galloping towards her. And it looks like he's going to swoop her up and risk her off to safety. Even though she knows where she's going and what she's doing. But what he does is he swoops her up. And instead of whisking her away, he says, I am here. What do you need? As a woman, that line almost took my breath away. That's not what princes do. They don't come in and see what you need. They take you away from danger, even though Anna knew what she was doing. And that's why Kristoff is so impressive, because he doesn't for a second doubt. Anna knows what she's doing. Anna has a plan. He says, I am here. What do you need? And that's groundbreaking. And another one of his lines, which I think is really important, comes later in the movie. And it's just, I think, also calls back to his self-regulation. Because, you know, Anna ran off to... Um, try and save her sister and be in this battle and all of these things and kind of left him and he spent most of the movie trying to get to her 
And so at the end of the movie, she goes to apologize and he stops her and says, my love is not fragile. My love is not fragile. So often modeled for kids are relationships where someone is mad at someone and there's this miscommunication and everything blows up and people's feelings get hurt because they don't communicate. He is secure enough in himself and secure enough in who he knows Anna to be to say, no, you don't have to apologize. My love is not fragile. I, that's amazing. And that's not something you often see modeled in Disney movies. Um, so now I'm going to talk about Elsa. And if you don't know Disney movies, I'm sure you know Elsa and you know the song Let It Go from the first Disney movie. She's the one person with magical powers in her entire kingdom. And her journey in this movie is kind of an origin story and kind of how she got those powers. And Elsa, I think, really embodies self-awareness in that category of emotional intelligence because she's someone who there's has never truly felt like she fits in and has always been aware that there is something about her that is different that she she just isn't like everyone around her and so she goes on a journey to find out who she is and um i think a really important turning point in that journey is when um, she's singing the song and she's singing um, about, are you the one I've been waiting for? Are you this? And the voice answers back, you are the one you've been waiting for. And then she has this kind of aha moment that all of the power is in me. And I can be who I am and I can be powerful and I can be in my own skin and be who I am and that's okay. And having the courage to be who you are when you feel like no one around you understands you, I think that that's a really good role, to, role model to have for kids. It makes me think of many of our um, LGBTQ youth and how at times they probably feel like they are the only ones. like. Everyone around them is different. And to have a model going, I am different. And my power is in my difference. That's really incredible. So that's why Anna, and not to mention, her songs are amazing. I mean, I'm sure you've heard them all. But what I think, and the character that is most interesting to me, is, is Anna. Anna is this, the younger sister. And I think throughout both of the movies, she embodies empathy and uh, grit. That, that one new one I added, <laughs> because it's my business. Um, but yes, she embodies, embodies empathy and grit in a way that is really astounding. So for empathy, she just has a way of knowing where other people are on their journeys and what they need and like Olaf this childlike snowman who is the comic relief of the whole thing she's her relationship with him is so sweet and the nurturing she does with him and it's really wonderful so empathy perfect but where I think she's truly interesting is in this notion of grit 
that ability to be knocked down and get back up. And I mean, she does this because Anna always runs into danger because she has that journey and that fight to find out who she is. And Anna's like, you don't have to do it by yourself. I'm here with you. And so she's always following her into not so safe situations. Um, but what she does in this movie, there's one song that I think is so truly important for kids. And I'm going to read it to you, some of the lyrics right now. They printed them out. And this is that point in the movie where you look around and everything has kind of fallen apart. That movie, all adventure movies have that moment where you look around and you're like, how can things ever be okay again? Like, how can we ever come back from this moment? It reminds me, if you're more of a Tolkien fan than a Disney fan, it reminds me of that moment when Samwise is like, how can things ever be okay after this? How can we go on? And then, you know, he goes, you go through the darkness and you find the light. You know, that whole Samwise speech. Um, it reminds me of that. And it's the song, it's called Do the Next Right Thing. So I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics. So, because um, they're just beautiful. So it starts with, I've seen darkness before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. All the lights are out. Hello, darkness. I'm ready to succumb. I followed you around, I always have, but you've gone to a place I cannot find. This grief, it has a gravity, it pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind. You are lost, hope is gone, but you must go on and do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. That's amazing. Um, she goes on to, um, this part is also really interesting to me. She goes, I won't look too far ahead. That's too much to take. But break it down to this next breath. This next step. This next choice is one that I can make. So I'll walk through the night, stumbling, walking towards the light, and do the next right thing. And with the dawn, what comes then? When it's clear that nothing will ever be the same again. I will make the choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing. That is an amazing message for children to hear. And I feel like that really embodies that grit. That embodies, yeah, I got knocked down. This is terrible. But what can I do right now? What step can I make to get back up and make it better? That's amazing. And, you know, in my work in social work, I had a lot of work in de-escalation. De and this, the part where she breaks it down, you know, but break it, she even says, but break it down. This next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can make. That's almost verbatim what you learn in de-escalation training. When people are so caught up that they can't see what is in front of them. You have to help them to break things down into smaller chunks. You have to help them to see what, what they can do next. And those are the lyrics in a children's Disney movie. That is 
amazing to me. Like, you know, the lyrics from when I was little, like, wishing upon a star and hoping things will be better and waiting for your prince to come. This is not that. <laughs> this is, you break it down and you go and you do the next right thing. Those are words adults need to live by. So it really is just astounding to me that that is in a children's movie. And you know, it gives me hope. That's the point of what I've been trying to get with all of this is that that gives me hope for our kids because they're being modeled positive, healthy relationships and healthy self-relationships and emotional awareness. They're being given words to, in their subconscious to do the next right thing. I mean, I have two nine-year-olds and a five-year-old. When Frozen 2 came out, it played in my van for months. Like, it just was on repeat, these songs. Like, these songs are songs that are in their subconscious. And there is a song in their subconscious that will help them to move forward and do what's right. That's amazing. And then also, it gives me hope for the growth. Because this movie was made by kids who were raised watching Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers was groundbreaking. Mr. Rogers, just on a base level, told kids it's okay to feel what you're feeling and gave feelings names. He was the first person to really connect with kids on an emotional level. And that generation of kids is writing movies like this for kids. And the growth that the kids who grow up watching this movie and this movie, what are they going to be teaching their kids? It really does inspire me. Because right now in the world, it really does feel that we are at a point. That, that point in the epic movie adventure of how could things go on? How can things be better? Look where we are. We are in the middle of a pandemic and racial chaos and who knows what's happening. Like it's we're at that point of how can things ever be okay again? But this movie and these songs and these characters can help us. They can help us to make the choice and hear the voice and do the next right thing. Thank you.